You know how the story goes. It's Maya and this is Multiv. What's up everybody? Today I have a story for you that's berserk. That I am still not 100% sure it's real. Are you ready? At the end of May 1981, in Pedburg, Denmark, Luigi Longhi killed 19-year-old Heike Freiheit after having shampooed her hair for hours. We know the crime, we have our killer, we have our victim, what was the motive? Yes, guys, I'm covering the story I mentioned in the first episode that has only been covered by my favorite murder girls and literally has so much limited content that I, I'm genuinely not sure whether it's real or not. Like, there are articles in different languages, apparently, according to this one other YouTube channel that has summarized it. This is insane. Just tell me if this is real. There's a picture of a victim. One picture. But still, I, I had to cover it. It's just, it's a story that has to be told and has to be made real because it is insane. So how has it been discovered? How has the body actually been discovered? So in Petburg in Denmark, there were craftsmen that were in, you know, process of renovating a house, you know, doing their things, just, you know, checking the walls uh, when they found a body in the wall. So there's two different stories. One is that it's found in the attic above the flat directly where he has done it. And then the other one that it's in a wall space. So again, probably different translations. It's just, I told you, it's like one article that people have interpreted and then translated and chewed up and spit out. <laughs> never live up. My expressions, my invented expressions will never live up. Okay. Fuck's sake. Okay, the call has ended. I just gave up completely being a professional. I mean, yeah, especially during this episode. This episode is just after this world anyways. You know, third time charm, third episode, I got it for you. Okay, where was I? Okay, so, ethical wall, she has been found. Uh, during the autopsy, it was estimated she was 20 to 35 years old. Slim build, 5 foot 5. Um, had blonde hair. They found a black silver ring with a horse head on it and a gold bracelet. I mean, is it because it's 1981? Those rings are not in anymore, are they? You know, those like really eccentric rings with like weird shit on it. You know what I love? The rings that are definitely like impeccable because they have been passed from like generation to generation. You know what I mean? Like the ones, the big ones with like golden. But yeah, I rarely see those rings anymore. Yeah, the, like the golden ones, which kind of have either an emblem or like... They're just, yeah, bigger and nicer and have definitely been passed from like grandma to like grandson. Anyways, why am I talking about this? Okay. So the police then checked the description against the missing cases that they had. Um, and they can't find it during the search, but they look into the location and they realize the house is close to the German border. So they're like, huh, is it like a German victim? Um, then they look at the second most obvious thing. So, who was the perp who has actually lived in the building? Because it must have been somebody that had access to that building. That has actually had time and space to commit a crime. 
And uh, the property actually functioned as a dorm, so the rooms were rentals, and then countless people moved in and out, you know, on ongoing basis. It was just like short-term rentals. So they kind of were like, mm, have we reached a dead end? But then they remember that a few months ago, um, there have been some card, <laughs> that some card parts have been stolen. Um, so they opened the attic space as well. <laughs> my, me and writing my scripts is just, it's just kind of like the way I think and then jump from like 10 foot and then in between and then go to foot number five and then foot number one. So yeah, so it's just, yeah, every time I read out a script, I'm like, this makes no sense. Just read it again. So a few months ago, they have been uh, some car parts stealing report at that location. So the police actually went to the place and they opened up the attic as well, but didn't spot the woman. How? That is my question. This is why everything about this story doesn't seem real. How do you not spot a rotting body? Like, what does this person lace the body with that you cannot spot the smell? So they, like, check who has been renting the room. So the day the body was found, they actually interviewed Luigi Longhi about, you know, how he has been living there and he hasn't smelled anything. He was only actually 28 at the time, which is what I find so bizarre. Because you will see where this guy came from and what this guy has done is bizarre that he's 28. Okay, slight burps there, yeah. What he told the police is, this is just the quotes by criminals. The quotes by criminals, I'm like, did you, you know, even when you watch interrogations, or when you watch reenactments of interrogations, sometimes you just think like, did the perp actually pre-think this? Did they, did they plan this in their head? This is what I'm going to say, because this is actually insane if they did, or did it just come to them at that point in time? I just always wonder that, like, did I, you know, one day when I get caught, this is what I'm going to tell the police. Well, he said, I just wanted to wash her hair and style it, and when she didn't want it, I prepared the rope. It happened against my will, it was like urge I can't resist. Yet you prepare the rope. If you know you have these urges, why prep the rope? Premeditate this, sir. What I was wondering the whole time while researching this is like, imagine if every hairstylist, every hairdresser had mental issues. If everybody was just like on the edge of making you lose your shit. Well, let's just say that my hairdressers or whoever actually cut my hair ever or combed it would have had a <laughs> crazy fit. I definitely wouldn't have been alive because I don't brush my hair. But um, yeah, just imagine the world where hairstylists are on edge. They're like, no, this is it. The rope is here. Anyways, yeah, it's just normal thoughts that I think while researching the cases. Okay, inside to my mind, stop. Okay. He said he undressed her after the murder. So he, like, that's the part that didn't make sense to the police because she has been, like, found with the rope around her neck. So what, he untied her but then tied her again? Ah, well, where's my dumb dumb son? Let's go to the crime. Let me tell you what actually happened. I actually had to go a few episodes <laughs> back to find this sound, <laughs> this interlude thing, because clearly it's me and yeah, last time I re-edited it to be this echoing thing, as you have heard, you know, because you have listened to the podcast, right? You, you follow my life through and through, yeah? <laughs> you listen to that professional editing, one, two, god I had fun with that. God, I have too much fun with Audacity. So, crime. Um, so, 
Okay, let me run you through it. Scenario. Okay, so he picked up the victim at the service station and he offered to drive her to Copenhagen. It's his, um, he was a truck driver at the time. Uh, so he offered to pay her for the ticket if he could wash her hair. I don't know how this isn't the red flag in 1980s. Or, I mean, it's probably just desperation. He's probably somebody that is just really desperate that would actually fall for it. Please, guys, just don't be that desperate. Don't. Like, it's it's not worth it. Especially if it is something this weird. It is just immediately screams run. He picks up the victim. He, um, so they go home. Everything turns out fine. Like, he washes her hair. They have a break. Apparently, there's a report, um... Did they both fall asleep? I don't know if that's true. But yeah, so basically once yeah they wake up, he wants to wash her hair again. And now this gets strange, obviously, because it's like, okay, you washed my hair once, this is what I came for. No, he actually ties her then to the chair and starts washing her hair again. So this go- goes on for hours and hours. So after he finishes the shampoo, because obviously there's just so much shampoo that you can use, so he starts using honey, starts using cottage cheese, it's just everything he hasn't had, it's gross. Which reminds me, my mom, this is like 90s kids and like what they have witnessed, mom used to put beer on her hand, like on her hair. I don't know if this is like an Eastern European thing or... Did anybody in the 90s experiment with weird shit to make, you know, your hair, like, all voluminous and stuff? Um, so she'd put it, like, and add it to the rollers and then leave it overnight. I don't know how anybody put up with this shit, because it just smelled, it just reeked of beer. But hey, it gave her volume. I guess it worked. I don't know. Is it yeast? Then just put yeast into your hair. Anyways, my end hair, clearly, and not an expert on anything feminine. So, uh, she's tied up to the chair, and she starts stamping her feet, obviously to alert the neighbors and to get some attention. That's when he actually puts a noose around her neck, and she ends up dying, because that's what happens when you put a noose around somebody's neck. Okay, no, this, this script is peak. This script is the highlight of my writing career. It says, she ends up dying, and then she tells him she needs a toilet. Oh my god. She stomps her feet. <laughs> right? Guys, are you with me? He asks her to undress herself. I, I, it doesn't say anybody what he did, like as in, was there a sexual assault involved? Um, but she at some point tries to ask him like to go to the toilet. And he like lets her go, but he, she tries to run and scream for help. And he pulls on the noose and she was suffocated. And that's when he stuffs her into a wall space and gets out of that flat. Okay, uh, let's discuss the background. Okay, so before he actually picked her up at the service station, in 1977 he was evicted from Switzerland and uh, he moved to Denmark, where um, in the two years leading up to the murder he washed hair of about 10 women for money. That's one thing which I find strange if this was again true, like how did he resist the urges to actually kill them? Like how did he limit himself then to actually just wash it once and then just move on with his life? I just, that's why so many points of this case are slightly unreal. Um, When he was 25, he was deported to Denmark 
<laughs> where you shampooed impulsively. He was a virgin. Peak, peak. Sentence, sentence, on point. Round of applause. Before the age of 25, so even from like teenagehood, he was showing these tendencies. So he spent some time in mental institutions before moving, well, or being deported to Denmark. Uh, as a teenager, he would commit burglaries of hairdressers where he stole wigs. So at the age of 15, he attacked a hairdresser with a knife in her own shop. At age 10, he was arrested for stealing women's wigs and bottles of shampoo. Red flag. Red flag should have just been institutionalized for life. If you don't have an explanation for this. Like, if you're like, yeah, sorry, my mom is in, like, huge need. She actually doesn't, can't afford this. If you, like, just steal, like, large amount of women's wigs and bottles of shampoo for no apparent reason. That's like, red flag. He would also take his mom's wig and wash it again and again. This is when I looked up hair fetishism. Because, again, in this case, like in the previous one, there's a, you know, not as much to the story, but there's a lot to the analysis. And why would it have happened? And, yeah, to analysis of these different obsession disorders or different fetishes or, um, yeah, different things that can play to the motives. So, okay, so I looked up a few things because I thought it had to do with the obsession for hair, which is trichotillomania. So it's the thing where you pull, like, pull hair from your head or pull your eyebrows, which is just, oh. But yeah, um, hair fetishism is a bit uh, different. So it is trichophilia. And it's so the most common fetish is for head hair, as particularly erotic and sexually arousing. So arousal can occur like if you see or touch hair, whether it's hair, hair, then armpit hair, gross, just no, the smell, no, chest hair or fur. Again, fur. Okay, so head hair arousal can come from you know seeing and touching very long or short. So it can be particular things, so wet hair, certain colors of hair, or particular hairstyle. For this guy, he's just shampooing it with different fucking shit. Then there is the term for the arousal from the sight or feel of pubic hair, which is pubephilia. And then there is a haircut fetishism, which is particular and sort of more related to this. So it's a related paraphilia in which a person is aroused by having their head hair cut or shaved, or by cutting the hair of another, or by watching somebody get a haircut, like seeing somebody with a shaved hair or very short hair. So it can be a couple of things that might have happened here, which is like, he has probably seen the childhood, and then that triggered something in him. And then he started, you know, shoplifting, stealing all these wigs, experiencing it himself, and then it just escalated because he clearly had some mental issues. <laughs> you know the trichotillomania reminded me of the trend in the 90s, not 90s, like, of the trend in the early 2000s of, like, really thin eyebrows. I will post a picture on Twitter. It's just... My eyebrows were non-existent. I went genuinely from having a unibrow to, like, having a half-brow. There was nothing there. There's just not the line that finishes it. It just looked genuinely like I had the obsession, like, where I was actually pulling it out, but I wasn't. It was just that thin. That trend, like... Why didn't that, why did it exist? You know when you compare like the celebrities and their different eyebrows, like how much better does it look now? How did that trend even come to be? Who started it? Tell me. Who started the fucking trend? I ruined my looks. Ruined my teenage looks. Okay. <laughs> no, that was ugly anyway. Okay. 
generally this podcast will in the end just be a description of different fetishes you know and motives behind these like what childhood trigger provoked a weird fetish of a person doing a voiceover over somebody's thing and just putting in hey but what if this was this fetish or hey what provoked this did they have thin eyebrows (laughs) so from his past we only know he was italian citizen he was born and raised in switzerland and like only lived in denmark for a few years before yeah um after he was deported. On victim, we know Zilch. There is nothing. Except I know her name means freedom. Her last name means freedom in German, which is just so sad. Yep, and there's one picture of him on the internet. Again, is this case a real? You know how I do my corners? So before discussing motive, let's just go into discussing OCD and Differences between sociopath and a psychopath. Just understand this guy a bit more, okay? You know what? Recently, when it comes to OCD, I was actually connecting it more about, like, the obsession to be tidy. I think it's just because... Because of that. <laughs> because of Marie Kondo. Because of the current, yeah, culture when it comes... Um, yeah, when it comes to it. I completely forgot about, you know, the obsession with cleanliness. Also, we were pretty sure... <laughs> There was this event at uni, um, yeah, when I was staying in halls. We were pretty sure, basically, that this friend of ours was OCD. So we were testing her, and just taking her place in the dining hall, and she was not happy about it. She was constantly making us get up. It was just one of those things when you kind of clock, you're like, okay, this person only sits here, she puts the tray this way, she puts everything on the tray in a particular order, she would lose it. I was like, she is going to lose it on all of us. Sometimes you need to flag it to people, to be honest. Okay, so obsessive-compulsive disorder is a disorder that makes a person perform certain routines repeatedly or have certain thoughts repeatedly. Called obsessions. <laughs> I'm slightly having doubts about myself. Okay, no, no, definitely no city. I'm a mess. And my thoughts are not in order. It's okay, it's okay, guys, I'm clean. So they are unable to, you know, again, control their urges. So, like, in the case of Luigi Longi, this is what he said, like... He, he, he was quite unable to control it, even though in the end he blamed it on the news, which is just bullshit. So, the cleaning factor is correlated with uh, obsessions about contaminations and compulsions related to cleaning. So, the personality of people is usually their neat, meticulous, methodical people with high personal standards that can actually develop OCD. Um, and also people who are generally quite anxious, who have a very strong sense of responsibility for themselves or others. Okay, that second part doesn't really apply for him. But I would say, like, he was, yeah, meticulous and methodical as a child. You know, he is uh, real. Now, why I'm discussing differences between sociopaths and psychopaths is because from the, you know, few quotes that we have from the interview with the police and basically him just being like, nope. You know, it was the noose that did it. Like, hey, why did she try to run? It's like, who put the noose around her neck, mate? But also, in cases with a lot of killers, you have that question where you are actually wondering what is the difference? Because we call everybody a psychopath now, but there is actually, yeah, um, one really defining difference. And that is that psychopath doesn't have conscience. Though he might pretend to. He may observe others and then act the way they do so they don't find out. And the sociopath typically has a conscience, but it's weak. So he may know that what he's doing is wrong, or might feel actually some guilt or remorse, but that won't stop the behavior. 
Which again, did Luigi Longa know what he was doing is wrong? And he just didn't stop in for years and years, even after he was institutionalized? You tell me, guys, you tell me. It's not like I do this podcast and I tell you shit. So both of them lack empathy. Both of them lack empathy and the ability to stand in someone else's shoes and understand how they feel. But a psychopath has less regard for others. And someone with this personality type sees others as objects he can use for his own benefit. And the differences can even change basic body functions. So for example, for most people, if you, you know see blood or violence on the street or online or wherever, um, you know, you start like your start your heart starts beating faster and your breathing quickens and you're all alert. You know, your palms get sweaty, it's just different bodily functions spark up. And the psychopath has the opposite reaction, so they got calmer. Which, you know, he stuffed the victim in a freaking wall space. Think that counts? Let's discuss the motive. Okay, the motive, I just I just defined the guy as a psychopath. I just said he tried to blame it on her because, you know, for dying strangled, the noose did it kind of approach to it and defense doesn't work. Plus, I think he did have um, little traits, like a couple of traits for compulsive obsessive disorder. Why I said he's a psychopath? As we know, psychopaths are charming. So he was showing, you know, signs of well, intelligence and knew how to play the situation when he met with this girl to convince her. You have to have some charm for somebody to tell you, hey, I'm going, yeah, to pay for your ticket. Come with me home so I wash your hair out of every single excuse. If you use that as a ruse, you have to have some charm. You have to be playing your cards right. So he just manipulated this girl into a situation for his personal gain, for his personal compulsion. And yeah, basically, I mean, from the get-go, this was premeditated. So he can't just be playing the noose dead card. If you disagree, hit me up via email, let me know what you think, motipod.gmail.com. And if you disagree, answer me this. Why did he have a noose in the first place? Also, was Harry Potter a psychopath? You're just like, you're not gonna elaborate on that, Maya? Nope. Just kidding, Harry Potter was not a psychopath. Anyways, uh, rapid fire section. Rapid fire section this week is just so sad. It's just one line. He was found criminally insane and confined to a mental institution indefinitely. Good job, good job. He should have been confined to a mental institution indefinitely. A long time ago. But please, somebody give me like actual sources. Tell me this case is real. Yo, Danish people, German people, Italian people, who's from there? People know. Just, you know, it must be like a physical newspaper at least then. I know there was no internet at the time. I just want this case to be real. Sources for this podcast have been. My favorite murder podcast, Rotated Reality. I fucking love this. It's a YouTube channel. It's just like short videos of uh, different things from like the most bizarre killings to like conspiracies behind famous murders. Rotated Reality, check it out. Yeah, it has like a video uh, cover of, yeah, Luigi Longhi. So it's real, guys, it's definitely real. Wikipedia on hair obsession and OCD and WebMD for mental health, sociopath, and psychopath difference. That's it, guys. One final burp. Did I actually just burp at the end of that? Yep. 
yeah, but uh, am I gonna delete it and edit it out? Like, you know, so professional would? Of course not. Of course. Of course, this whole episode is a joke. Which, trust me, you will appreciate a lot more next time. Because the next episode is a bummer. It's a real bummer. No, I will not indulge into that further. No, you will just, you know, have to appear and listen. I will post the picture of young Maya with no eyebrows on Twitter, that motive pod. It's it's a fun page, you should definitely indulge in it. And if you are... Why am I saying indulge? As if it's... Oh, I'm hungry, that's why. And well, if you want to listen to more episodes, I am prepping the February one for Patreon. So, Patreon page, motive podcast. Check it out, the January one is already there. You know, support me and other fellow patrons if you want us to actually publish more content, you know? How how about you do that, yeah? How about you get more content, you know, more jokes like this, yeah? What I love about Patreon is, like, everybody lets their hair down a bit, so, you know, I signed up to, like, Crime Junkie, Patreon, and it's just everybody's just more chill, more relaxed, they cover crime and... Yeah, different cases, but it's all, you know, we're all friends, it's a community, so go get there. And well, let me know on Patreon or Twitter, where else would you like the podcast published? Right now it's an Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud, guys, you are giving me some, some nice listens, I like it. So why not tweet at me, be like, my, you're actually missing out, this is where the party's at. And then I'll post wherever that is, wherever, whatever podcast player you'd like me to post it at. Although, I would very much not mind if Spotify got in touch and made me Spotify official, because I just fucking love that platform. Well now, what I haven't done for the past a couple of weeks is followed up on a couple of crime stories that I have covered. So, what I'm gonna do is I'll practice my journal skills and just wait very quickly in like one-liner follow-ups, yeah? Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah? You're gonna be hitting me up on motivepod.gmail.com with job offers, right? <laughs> right. Reverend Flack is preparing for a comeback after the assault charges. Maybe she should transfer from that and actually follow Lori Laughlin's steps and actually prep on how to, you know, beat some somebody's ass in prison. In Serbia, in the case of Nino Slavjevanovic, they are looking at the good behavior in prisons and how they should stop releasing people on that basis. He is now a registered pedophile and his sentence is yet to be decided upon. And over here in the UK, Reynard Sinaga's parents still love him, but his sentence has been referred to the Court of Appeal, stating that it's too lenient. Now, the Netflix corner. Well, or the recommendations corner, really. But this week there's only been one thing that I watched and it actually caused some sort of reaction. Which is already weird because no documentaries that I watched actually made me feel anything. This one pissed me off. Um, It's the new one, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, it is Hernandez. I mix the Menendez brothers and the Aaron Hernandez. Two completely different cases. I don't know why I mix them up, but hey. It's kind of misleading in title, to be honest. You kind of think when you hear that it's gonna be a lot more of like, what the fuck made this guy do it? It's a lot more focused on court proceedings. So yeah, that's just just to let you know, it will be a disappointing three-part episode. It's sort of only in the last 15 minutes that I actually kind of give something controversial. Without spoiling it further, they actually focused on his mind and his brain and, you know... Playing, so having played soccer, um, could the motive lie behind that? Why he actually killed a woman? 
yeah, I'm trying like really hard not to spoil it. In how many cases do we not actually focus on analyzing the brains of you know soccer players, boxers, whoever, anybody who actually gets well their head like properly kicked due to their sport? In how many cases then could we say we could exonerate those people, or is it just you know being rich and famous privilege? That's the part that pissed me off. So yeah, good job. Go watch it. I wouldn't say I recommend it, but it's there and it's kind of controversial and it doesn't give you much of what it says it will give you. So yeah, go watch something that will make you disappointed. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yep. I think I have decided that these episodes need to be actually recorded at the exact same time. Not just because of my voice, but because of different moods that I experience when recording these episodes. Because I tried this second part to be light, so I'm like, yep, yeah, doesn't matter, I'll record it just in the nick of time. What happens though is that after having worked for like 10 to 12 hours every day for the past four days, I'm kind of at a situation point. I'm like, okay, how do we make this light? Just, just record. Just do it. Just go through it. Just don't think about your mental health being affected right now. And I know it's something that has to be said, especially because it is January. You will not always feel motivated to do whatever the hell you set out to do. Slash get up and go to your work and, you know. <laughs> or even sometimes sit in front of a microphone and just record it. This might be why I'm not a life coach, but... I wouldn't say to for yourself to, you know, follow any motivation classes or whatever the fuck those people tell you to do where you actually like, oh, get up and follow this routine to motivate yourself. No, just accept you will not always be motivated. You will just push through. You will just do the thing that you are supposed to do. And try to find passion in, in it. Yeah, try to find something <laughs> that makes you not snap the laptop while doing it for 12 hours straight do it and be like no you will get to do your other pleasure thing you will do your podcast you will sit in front of a microphone and just talk just play that track and just talk on it and then edit it all out and then motivate yourself by thinking about recording your podcast that you will just laugh through and edit most out like edit most of the stuff out into bloopers to put on patreon for other lovely people to laugh at you and how you unprofessionally amateurishly record your podcast but hey before the havoc of me doing four days of customer service for like first thing in the morning until the last thing before I go to sleep. I actually met up with a person and they kind of inquired about why did I start it, like what ideas did I have for the podcast and I was like, huh, I never actually explained that. Maybe that's what the trailer should have been about. No, no, that was never a logical part, was it Maya? Just explaining why you're actually doing it. The other way to find was quoting the ending of the podcast and you know, the outro and I was like, no, 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 this is serious. This needs to be explained. The reasons behind me doing this. So how about you take the outro seriously, yeah? So, well, why I decided that this idea should stick to do, you know, everything in reverse as armchair detectives and focus on the motive is... So you could really say this was in the up and coming for the past, what, 15 years that I was really into true crime? So yeah, since the age of... Sort of 12, it started really developing, and then it just, well, 
<laughs> just escalated. You know, you could say it was motivated last year. I went to see the last podcast on the left and my favorite murder live. And I was really consumed by that. I was like, this would be the living dream for me. You know, because you have dying dreams as well. But in terms of what prevailed for like one idea over the others that I had was... I will not say the names um, of the perp and the victim because I'm kind of connected to this crime with, you know, six degrees of separation, friend of a friend and their friend. Anyways, it's the UK crime um, of somebody our age, so like sort of mid-late 20s. Um, like, guy had his shit together, you know, had a university degree, was doing well for himself, probably a lot better than I am in terms of money and everything. You know, had this lovely girlfriend, and then just out of nowhere, one day, he just stabbed her to death multiple, multiple times. And, well, because he's a friend of a friend, so, you know, they go to visit him in prison, etc. And I'm just... Every time I just milk it for information, like tell me everything. What did he ever say? Why he did it? How can somebody, you know, who is like us, has a seemingly normal life, just works day to day, doesn't seem to have any crazy mental health issues that, you know, detriment him to that point of committing a crime and then just snaps. And yeah, that crime really got to me on that level because I was thinking we really need to focus on the people behind the crimes and the victims to see like how they interlace, to see what nobody might be focusing at, discuss it as a community and try to think about it and try to focus on the why done it's of the crime as well as who, where, when, you know, all the basic facts. So just try to pull all the facts into it or try to reason with a perp and actually, if we try to figure out motives, we can give families some closure because they can try to reason. Then with the perpetrator, even if they don't reason, there is at least some motive, some reasoning behind the gruesomeness of of the crimes that they do. Or we can actually go into the mind of the killer and actually see that what they had done had some motive behind it and try to see the world as this place where there's no endlessly unmotivated crimes, people not just walking around snapping and committing, you know, different murders, because that would be a really sad place to live in, wouldn't it? So that's why I say what I say in the end, and uh, let's pick up on that, huh? Let's make the world a better place, one motive at a time. A goodbye!